Hey, this is Coach Saul Marsh. Thanks for listening. Um, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about aerobic adaptations and how your summer training is going to make you a better runner. And I am going to be dropping some science today. So uh, pull up a seat, uh, listen up, and you might just learn a little bit about why you are working as hard as you are this summer and what the benefits will be to make you a tremendous runner this fall. So first up is your cardiovascular system. So some incredible changes happen um, once you start training and running distances of you know, 30, 40, 90, 120 minutes, whatever it may be. All of these longer runs, even though they're run at a uh, fairly easy pace in terms of speed, they are helping create some changes at the muscular level as well as the cellular level in your body which are going to allow you to work uh, easier and to accomplish more so in your for example your heart size your heart actually increases in size its capacity to push uh, blood throughout your body what that's called your stroke volume that is also increasing and your resting heart rate will decrease because as your heart becomes stronger and can more efficiently push that blood throughout your body where you need it, it does not need to beat as often. So a normal person, a normal young healthy person your age, um, has a heart rate that's between somewhere you know like 65 to 80 beats per minute. Okay, if you are a well-trained athlete, some of the elite athletes, in fact. Um, their heart rate goes as low as 28 beats per minute. So if you think about that, that means their heart is beating less than once every two seconds. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Like if you took their pulse, you think they might be dead for a second. Like their heart is just not beating for two seconds at a time. That's how strong um, their heart is and how much their stroke volume has increased that it is that efficient at that point. So you imagine that person running a marathon or you imagine that person running um, you know, a 10K, they are able to do that much, much easier um, when it, in terms of uh, pushing that blood around the body than somebody that maybe uh, hits their limit much earlier. Also, we could talk about the muscular system. Uh, you have slow twitch muscle fibers, which are extremely efficient. And um, those are getting stronger and increasing in number as you do these long runs. You have two types of fast twitch muscles, and um, those are usually dedicated to sprinting. But there is one type, uh, the oxidative fast twitch muscle fiber, which can actually change once you start training um, the endurance athlete. And what would have been a fast twitch fiber becomes kind of this hybrid uh, slow twitch muscle, which helps with endurance. In addition to that, you'll see some increased uh, size and number of mitochondria. Now, mitochondria are tiny, tiny, tiny little things. They are the powerhouse inside the cell. So you think of a cell and it's got a cell wall and uh, it's got protoplasm in there and you've got nucleus. Mitochondria are inside there. They're tiny little things in your cells, but what they do is extremely important. They take oxygen and they convert it to fuel that your muscles can use. And as you run, the increase in mitochondria is very significant. 
But even more significant is the size of these mitochondria. They become bigger and bigger and they're more plentiful and they are simply responding to the stimulus that you're putting onto your body and you're telling it, I need to be able to breathe and I need to be able to use this oxygen efficiently. And then your body responds with increasing the size and number of mitochondria. It also increases the number of capillaries, which are feeding your muscles. And it becomes better at extracting O2 from your blood. And at the metabolic level, um, you have increases in things like myoglobin, which like hemoglobin help transport oxygen to your muscles. Uh, you'll, you'll begin to store fatty acids more efficiently you'll begin to store glycogen more efficiently. And these are fuel sources that your muscles need. So not only are you improving psychologically as these runs become a little bit easier and you know that you're becoming a tougher, more resilient runner, but your body is undergoing all kinds of changes at various levels in response to this training. And this whole process takes a while. It takes about eight to 12 weeks to see a significant change uh, in these systems. <clears throat> and the change continues. So as you um, mature from a ninth grade runner to a 12th grade runner, you are going to be moving along this continuum and becoming more and more efficient and stronger and your body is adapting to become an endurance athlete. And it takes time. It takes time. So if I look at the training plan for cross country, almost half of it is up by the time the season starts because the training plan really starts in June and it goes all the way through until November. And so if you've missed your summer training and you haven't done in, you know, what you should be, or you've missed a number of days and it has not been continual, um, you are really shortchanging yourself. I mean, you're, you're just not going to be able to, uh, you know, discover how good an athlete you could be unless you put in the work early and often so that when you arrive um, in, you know, mid-August, early September, you have a body that is already a runner's body and then we can work with that and we can work on some strength and we can work on some speed and we can work on some other elements that are going to help you race better but you have to arrive with a decent base and that base is going to be um, comprised mostly of slower longer miles and those slower longer miles are going to help your um, aerobic system compensate and adapt so that you're ready to go and um, next, I'm going to talk a little bit about VO2 max, lactate threshold, aerobic threshold, and explain to you why that is the basis of the warrior training plan for 2021-22. Every individual, every runner has a VO2 max. That is their highest rate of O2, which is oxygen, the highest rate of O2 utilization that um, they can attain during an exhaustive exercise. So um, research has proven that for endurance running training, you need to be able to convert oxygen and deliver it to your skeletal muscles in order to keep running at a high capacity. But there's only so much you can do in your VO2 max is um, is that limit. That's where you simply cannot use oxygen, even if it's available, any more than you already are. You just can't absorb it, you can't convert it to fuel, and you have to expend it by releasing it in your exhale. So runners that are untrained release lots of oxygen, even when they're suffering, they release lots of oxygen every time they breathe out. And runners who are well-trained also do. 
but they release less oxygen because their bodies are better at absorbing and using it. So your VO2 max is a number. It is a scientific uh, amount with which we can use to um, figure out other thresholds. So for example, your aerobic threshold, your aerobic threshold is equal to 65% of your VO2 max. That is also the point where your body, instead of using um, fatty acids as the primary source of energy, starts burning up glycogen fuel as the primary source of energy. So that transition point is called the aerobic threshold. There's also a lactate threshold. And the lactate threshold is defined as the break point during exercise at which blood lactate builds up to the extent that you can no longer remove it fast enough. And as you get more uh, lactic um, acid buildup, you have hydrogen ions that are in your cells that are basically um, acting as a poison at that point. And you start to feel the burn, your legs start to get heavy, and your performance decreases because you've hit that point at which you can no longer clear um, the byproducts of using glycogen as an energy source, um, and you've hit your lactate threshold. The good news is that can improve dramatically through training, just like your aerobic threshold can improve dramatically through training. So there are all kinds of adaptations that need to occur. And these adaptations occur at different thresholds. And so what we will be doing this year is we're going to use that VO2 max number for each one of you as individual athletes, because for everybody it's different. And then we will um, help design your workouts based on the percentages that go with the training plan. A training is a science. Training is a science. Coaching is an art, but the science doesn't lie. So if you have a stimulus, that stimulus is gonna um, produce a response in your body, which is an adaptation. That adaptation is going to make your body stronger so that you are better at whatever it is that that stimulus was pushing. It might be speed work, it might be endurance work. Um, it could be pushing your lactate threshold higher. It could be a lactic work, which is high speed, high energy, non-aerobic work. Um, as a coach what, or coaches, what we want to do is design a training plan that's going to give you the specific stimulus you need to have the adaptations occur, which allow you to be the best 5,000 meter cross country runner that you can be. And that means it's going to be a mix of hills and distance and speed and strength. And all of these workouts have to play together and there has to be sufficient recovery for these adaptations to occur. And um, we're working with humans. We're not working with robots. And that's where the art comes in. So this season, we will be testing your VO2 max, equating that with a pace, that pace is called your velocity at VO2 max, which we're going to refer to as VVO2. You will each have a VVO2 pace that we give you after our time trials. And every workout going forward, your paces are going to be unique to you and they're going to be generated off that VVO2 number. So some days you'll be running as a group. You'll be running as a group during warmups. You'll be running as a group perhaps during cooldowns or maybe recoveries. But when it comes to the hard work, in the harder runs, those are going to be run at your own individual pace, which is dictated by your VVO2 pace. 
And we're going to explain all this later, but I thought maybe this podcast would be a good chance to introduce that concept. Um, so using science to inform your training is a good thing. It takes away a lot of the guesswork and it helps us as coaches to make sure that you're all operating at your full capacity instead of um, running with or next to somebody that perhaps you get along with or you think you belong next to. This training is going to be adapted and it's going to be precise so that it can help you become a better runner. And if you're still listening, let me just say, number one, I admire your persistence, your dedication to the sport. Thank you for listening today. But also, what you can do right now to put yourself in the best place to have the most successful season this year is to simply show up every day to do the runs, to support your team members, and to follow the coach's advice. If you can do that and you can be consistent and dedicated you are going to have a fantastic season and you are going to set PRs this season left and right. And let me remind you, this whole season is based on what happens in November. That is where you're going to peak and that is where you're going to run your fastest times. We're going to be focusing on three letters, ABC. Always be closing. Always be closing. At the end of the workout, I want you to finish faster than the beginning of the workout. At the end of the race, I want you to finish faster than the beginning of the race and close on your competitors and take them down one by one. And at the end of the season, that's where we're going to be our fastest. That's the theme for this season. Always be closing. ABC. Trust the science. Trust the coaches. And give it everything you've got. Support your teammates. As warriors, we own the course mile three. And that is the theme of this season. We'll see you at practice tomorrow.